All right. Should we start this? Let's do it. Talking forever. That's the problem. We could just keep gabbing forever. I know. No. (laughs) All right. Are we ready? Yes. Yes. Let's do it. Here we go. Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota. I'm just a girl who can't say no. I mean, I'm Ann Lundholm, and this show has everything. True love, superb athleticism, anthropomorphized monkeys, Nazis, 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 the triumph of organized labor, and a whole lot of rain in L.A. In this, the final week of Tishi's Salute to Cinema, we're singing our little hearts out about our love for movie musicals. Why say it when you can sing it? Ugh. And let's introduce the panel. Joining me from uh, somewhere over the rainbow, it's Hillary Livingston Butler. Yay! <laughs> Mike had said on our jamboree to plan this out, he was like, you have to get Anne to sing. You have to find a way to get <laughs> Anne to sing. <laughs> oh, find a way, sure. <laughs> um, good evening, and I just have to say, I can't stand it. Sorry, that's from my I movie. can't stand <laughs> it. I really, really felt Lena in those moments because that is my voice, basically. We'll get there. <laughs> and also joining us, she will always give us the old razzle-dazzle. It's the nice lady, Christy Wise. Hi, Christy. Hello. I'm ready for some razzle-dazzle from you. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, one razzle-dazzle coming up. <laughs> As usual, we will start out with a bit of small talk, then we'll check to see what's in the mailbag, we'll chat about some of our favorite movie musicals, we'll do a little housekeeping, and let you know how you can get involved with the show. First up in small talk, the Grease 2 Facebook challenge. <laughs> the watch party draws ever closer. Nine left. Yes, 191 members shooting for 200. We're so close. So close. So close. I can't wait. Christy, what are you looking forward to most about watching Grease 2 with us? Oh, I mean, just watching it with with you, especially the ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think that we should just like meet up in a city and watch it together. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what would be the most central city? Would it be like Kansas City or something? Oh. Or like, <laughs> oh, we should find figure that out and then not go there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh, my favorite song of the whole movie is the um, the one they do at the end. The girl, the girl for all seasons. Oh, oh I love it! I'll be your girl for all seasons. Yep. I always I hated. Like, okay, you know I love my birthday, but I hate fall, like, uh, symbolism. I always found it to be really boring, and I remember being that part, being like, it's like a tree. Like, yeah, like, yeah, the girl with glasses wears the tree. It, like, just flops her arms around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's 
so good. Come on, guys. Get your friends how to join. Can, now, how can we do an episode without musicals and not talk the whole time about Grease 2? But we're going to do it because we have to save it. Because yeah, this right? is too yes. important. Yes. So, come on, people. Join our Facebook group. I know you're out there. We love you. We want you. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Have all of Bobby's fake... Um, Facebook people joined. <laughs> uh, We're saving them in case of emergency. Yes. Yeah. We have to get get us across the finish line if necessary. Break glass in case of emergency. That's Bobby's alter egos. Um, Hillary, it says here on the show sheet that you feel triumphant. <laughs> okay. I just had to share this story. Dave makes fun of me for this, but <clears throat> one of my main goals in life which is like extremely vain and kind of shows what a terrible person I am is I want people to be charmed by me all the time. And when they're not, I'm like, but why? And so then I work really hard for them to be, you know, charmed by me anyway. Okay. So at the kids school, there's um, like an assistant or a clerk that sits up front and he, so the kids have been there. Bridget's been there for three years. She's in second grade. And I just, I knew he was gay and I knew we would get along and he was resistant to my charms. And I would always try to be like funny when I would go into the office and he would like never quite get there with me. Like I would and say, you're, some, al- you're always like, why would you be my gay BFF? <laughs> I know. I'm like, I know that we could be friends. Like I'm I cool. I'm cool. <laughs> and like, I could tell he had a snarky sense of humor. So I'm like, it's in there. Like you need to get to know me, but it's like a sort of parent teacher situation. So I can't be like, you know, oh, bitch, you know, like I can't like go like wild out. But um, and I do know he's gay because I know he's married and I know he just adopted. I'm not just assuming like I know this for a fact. OK, so I've been sort of making headway. I had to pick up the kids from school early and I had to sit in the office waiting for them. And we had a laugh and it wasn't that busy. And I was like, OK, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. OK, so then I get this email from AISD, which is Austin Independent School District, that just said, it's time to register your kids for next year, which seems crazy, but I guess they just start it early. So I like to get this thing, this stuff done, because if I don't do it immediately, then like I'll forget about it. So I, I sign into the parent cloud, and I register Bridget, and then I drop down to register Rory, and his name isn't there. And I'm like, oh, this is so annoying. So I emailed Derek. That's his name. I emailed Derek and I said, hey, you know, I know this isn't really like your thing, but Rory's not on there. And I just, is, am I doing something wrong? He's in pre-K. Like, do I have to do something different? And he said, no, he's he's on my end. He's in on my end. I don't know what's going on, but like you can call this phone number and see, um, you know, like what's going on. And I said, okay. And he was like, I'm sorry, I can't help. And I said, no, it's fine. No big deal. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll call. And he said, girl, keep me posted because I would love to know what craziness happened just in case another family calls with the same thing. And I was like, here's my opening. And I said, I will be your detective. I'm on the case. And I sent a picture of Veronica Mars mm-hmm. and then with like a camera. And he said, OMG, is that Veronica Mars? And I said, yes. And then he said, miss that show. Hash, they don't make good shows as they did back then. I mean, friends. I still watch reruns of Golden Girls. I love me some shady women. Ha ha. And I'm like, yes, I'm in. Um, <laughs> and then like, then I said, oh, yes, I love Golden Girls so much. Uh, and then I said something like, shady women are the best. And then I posted a picture of like from Steel Magnolias where they say, well, you know what they say. If you don't have anything nice to say about anybody, come sit by me. <laughs> and then Derek's, <laughs> Derek said, do not get me started on quoting Steel Magnolias. I am from Louisiana, and that is a gem to our people of Chicopee Parish. <laughs> and I, and we kind of went back and forth. And 
I was so proud. And Dave, I sent it to Dave, and he was like, you took a big gamble, and it worked. And I was like, I know, it worked. (laughs) So I'm in. I mean, I don't know if he, like, knows exactly that, like, who I am, because it's just my email. But um, but I'm going to, next time I go in, I'm going to be like, remember me? <laughs> and I just did say something about blush and bashful being my colors. And oh, I'm like, yeah. I'm just like, I, I had to like really stop myself, though, from just like keep Going hammering off. it. I know. Because yeah. I'd be like, OK, like I have to work. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Stop emailing me. Anyway, I, I'm, I feel triumphant. I did what I set out to do in 2017. Please keep us posted. I will. Because what if he just is like, What? I, I, know. <laughs> I don't want that to happen to you because I want you to have this gay bestie. But I also think it would be hilarious if he's just like, "You are who? What was that? Like, I'm I don't sorry, know. what?" He's like, "Ew, go away!" Like you're a parent. I yeah, work in school. Gross. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I guess my advice is Hillary, be cool. Yeah. Be cool about this, okay? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I had to tell myself. Like, I'm, just, I'm like firing off emails while I'm at work. Like, I'm also supposed to be working, and I'm like, nope, like finding memes everywhere to send to this <laughs> random clerk at my kid's school. Is he young? Oh, he's probably in his late 30s. So, like, not okay. like super. He, like, I'll send you a picture of him because I've. I'm not friends with him on Facebook, but I have fully stalked him on Hillary. Facebook. Of course, <laughs> of course, you have. <laughs> and he, um, he has a like look like Dan Levy sort of without the hair, but his like kind of vibe is like that. Like, you know, from um Schitt's Creek, like Ooh David. Like that's his mm-hmm. kind of vibe. Oh, okay. So anyway. I'm I, in. I'm, I know. <sighs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> now I need to watch Steel Magnolias. I know it's so good. I love Steel it's Magnolias. So good. <laughs> well, um, with that being said, uh, Christy, <laughs> why don't you tell us about your upcoming triumph? My Oh, cookie time? Mm-hmm. It's cookie time. It's cookie, cookie time. time. <laughs> Our house isn't full of Thin Mint, so it's not Thin Mint Studios yet. We're just taking pre-orders. So if you would like to buy some Girl Scout cookies, you can either buy them from us, where I um, put the link on Facebook all the time. Uh, sorry for the spamming. Um, but also just buy them from your local girl because it supports really good, um, really good programs for girls throughout the United States and the world. So do that. Now, I don't want to put Jeremy on blast, but (laughs) you put him on blast last year and I thought it was so hilarious how you were finding empty cookie boxes, like hidden in little hidey holes. Yeah. So he's like, uh, I have to, uh, confess something. And then I was like, oh, God, what? And he opens up this cupboard that's, I can't even reach it. It's like above the microwave. So there's nothing really in it. He opens it up and it's filled with cookie boxes, empty cookie boxes. He's like, I know. And he's like kind of like a dog, like in shame, like putting his head. He's like, I know you have to account for these. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Those are $5 a box. Like, <laughs> go to the store. I mean, there's other cheaper things. It's like when you get a tote bag and you paid a hundred dollars at NPR, right? You're not <laughs> buying the tote bag. There's much cheaper places to get the tote yes, bag. Yeah. Yes. You're paying $5 for thin mints and you can find something at the store for less that probably has a coupon, but you're also paying for the programs and for the girls to be able to like go to camp and like do 
do lots of cool stuff. So don't buy. And he was also eating the gross ones. Like, oh. he's like, like well, one? that's, that's on brand for Jeremy yes. too. Yeah, the gross. Sure. Well, he ate anything. I mean, I shouldn't should talk any of the of the cookies, but I don't think that the s'mores are very good. Um, there's East Coast s'mores and then there's West Coast, and the ones we have are sandwich type cookies with like a chocolate marshmallow mix. Sound good, not very good. Um, mm. And the East Coast ones are are a chocolate covered graham cracker with a marshmallow on top. So that, that probably would right. taste better. Yeah. And then he also was eating the gluten free ones, um, <laughs> which are trash. Um, oh, Jeremy. <laughs> the- I accidentally bought a gluten free chicken pot pie at the store. Oh my God. How was I it? I was grabbing. I, are you kidding? I figured out when I got home, I looked at it, I was going to put it in the oven, and I was like, gluten free? No way. This goes back into the freezer for in case of emergency. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say you just poured a bunch of flour on top <laughs> to make it good. But I mean, those, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, no, no, I was going to say, like, not to, um, like, have a question of the week, but, like, what are y'all's favorite cookies? What are your mm. favorite Girl Scout cookies? Cookies or Girl Scout no, cookies? No, Girl Scout cookies. And do you want to answer first? Well, obviously, it's the Samoa. Oh, okay. AKA the Caramel Del- Delights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is where you are. Yeah. I just think it's unfair that they put them in the same size box as everything else because they have them like in those little spaced mm-hmm. out plastic cradles. So there's only like 15 cookies in a box where it's yeah. like 75 Thin Mints. I mean, it yeah. feels yeah. sort of jipped. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think right. mine are, well, like Thin Mints were really the only ones that my mom would let us have in the house because they're like, they're not like diet cookies, but they're like, keep them in the well, freezer. Well, they have the word thin yes. in the title. Yeah. yeah. And it, it felt, but like really my true like heart of hearts, my like fat kid heart is the Tagalogs. Like those are the ones that I like oh, the most. I love my them. my God. Yes. I mean, I could Tagalog. eat so many of those. Yeah. I, um, I used to be Samoa, but yeah, definitely Tagalogs. I have room in my heart also for the, um, we call them trifles here, trifles. The, they're tree shortbread. Foils? Yeah. Tree foils. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. The shortbread ones are good. Um, thin mints are good if they're in the freezer and just like a couple one at a time. Like, oh, look, there's the thin mints while you're getting out something else and have one and then put it back. Yeah. Um, no, I've been giving them to the kids this week because, you know, they always want something sweet after their dinner so i'm like okay mm-hmm. you can each have two uh, not because i'm like putting them on a diet but because like they don't need a, you know a jolt of sugar right before bedtime but i'm like right. you mm-hmm. each have like two thin mints and i can sort of control it because it's high up in the freezer and i'm like mm-hmm. i will get them out for you right <laughs> um we still have elliot still has um halloween candy and oh. so she's like can mm. i have dessert and so I'm like, okay. And she picks out two little pieces of candy. I, as a kid, I never would have had Halloween candy in January. No way. <laughs> no. No. My every thought and dream and wish would be focused on getting that candy. <laughs> right. You would have snuck it. I mean, like, seriously, I put it under my pillow, like all yep. of it. Yep. And it was mine. Like, I earned that. I don't yeah. know how how long we can get away with this but like it's just sitting in the pantry and jeremy hasn't eaten i had to like i hope she can't jeremy um he definitely was and i was like stop eating your kids candy because it was like 10 percent was gone i'm like she's gonna notice like you have all the money you can go buy yourself candy it's really cheap 
Oh, yeah. I totally used to steal Carl and Matt's candy when we were kids. Sorry, oh, Matt. <laughs> but you're not a 40-year-old man. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you're fine. Yeah, so Girl Scout cookie time. Can't wait till it's over. I love cookie season. Yes. Yeah. It's very exciting. It's weird because it kind of cycles. So it's not all at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, Hillary already has her cookies in hand. Yep. We don't have yep. those until the 15th, so... There you go. Gotta come down to Texas, get that get that early good shit. Yeah, what oh, I'm gonna just I saw some girls doing this last year and so I'm gonna take it over is um my work is right outside of this like mall type thing, mm-hmm. um, where there's lots of tourists go. Well, used to be, who knows after this week, but um a lot of tourists. So there was a girl with a wagon, like a, a red wagon filled with Girl Scout cookies just standing out there. I'm gonna do that this year. Mm-hmm. Have her come down to my work and just stand out there. And then also, I think Comic-Con is at the same time. Oh. oh. Pull that wagon yeah. to Comic-Con. Yeah, get those nerds to buy all the... <laughs> oh, right. my gosh. Get Ellie to go out there. Like, she has cool... Like, she's, like, a cool, like, kid. And they'll be like, that kid's cool with, like, cool Yeah, just like Harry Potter. Yes. Can, yeah. can you bring one um, wagon of Girl Scout cookies and one wagon of Mountain Dew? <laughs> oh, they'd be in. That is a good idea. That's a really good idea. <laughs> Nerd fuel. No. <laughs> Geek stereotypes. <laughs> well, all right. Back to the matter at hand. Yes. <laughs> Hillary, are you going to open up the mailbag? Yes, let's open up the mailbag. Okay, so last week I was devastated to not be on this show, but I was, as Anne mentioned, that I was totally hoarse, completely lost my voice. By the time y'all recorded, it was, like, kind of back, but I did sound like a preteen boy. Like, that's just <laughs> what I sounded like towards the end of the week. Just my voice was cracking. It was not a good situation. But I thoroughly enjoyed journalism movies. Um, I I said this on the Facebook page that the two that I love, uh, well, one is The Pelican Brief, which is, I know, silly, but I love it so much. And I also love the movie Dick. Which, if you haven't seen it, I know it's a stupid name. It's good. And it, it's so fucking funny. Oh, I love it so much. I used to watch it all the time in college, and I wore out my VHS. <laughs> I would just, like, <laughs> repeatedly watch it. I don't know. I had a problem. Anyway, but the journalism show was great, you guys. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, and then some people that wrote on our page, which were lovely. Thank you for all of the comments. I love them. Um, even my mom said, you're getting so much activity on your page. And I said, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Made her proud. Um, so Laura said network, I think it's an incredible prescient film about prescient film about news as entertainment. And it has one of the greatest moments ever on film. I want you to go to your window. I want you to open it and I want you to yell. I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore. (laughs) That's Albert Finney, right? I still haven't seen network. I gotta do that. I think it's Albert Finney who recently died and I liked him a lot. Um, and then Saul said, absence of malice is worth seeing. Not a great story, but a great cast, including Paul Newman mm-hmm. and, and a very hot Sally Field. Okay. Like that's okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, and a realistic treatment of the legal moral issues involved in high profile journalism. Wilford, Wilford Brimley's 10 minutes of screen time are worth the two hours of your time. Um, side note, there is a, um, Twitter feed that's called, oh, what is it? It's like. Uh, hold on it's something super specific and weird it's like wilford brimley's hold on maybe hold on 
Wilford Brimley in Cocoon Age. So it's like just the speed. I, I can't find it right now. It's just the speed that it's like it will mark when a celebrity turns however old Wilford, Wilford Brimley was in Cocoon. Because oh he God. was like shockingly young. Like, 35. I think he was. No, he was like 50. <laughs> but he looked like he was, you know. It's the mustache. Yes. It's the mustache. Yeah, yeah it's the bald and the mustache. It's the just opposite really... of Robert Redford. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. And he's been doing the diabetes commercials <laughs> yeah. for 25 years. I, d- I had never heard of it. And then Jake Tapper like retweeted it when he turned like Wilbur Brimley's age in Cocoon. He was like, I'm so proud. And, you know, <laughs> when you compare like Jake Tapper to Wilbur Brimley and Cocoon, it's kind of a funny yeah. comparison. Um, okay. And then Daniel said his girl Friday Cary Grant, Rosalind Russell, and the guy who kind of looks like Ralph Bellamy. That's so specific. I love it. And a fast-paced screwball comedy directed by Howard Hawks, who directed one of my all-time favorites, Bringing It Baby. Newspapers, law, and local politics mix in the unusual in unusual ways, but it's smart, snappy, and funny. They really don't make them like this anymore. It's a great movie. It's a really, really fun movie. And I like both Cary Grant and Rosalind Russell a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Alicia said more of a popcorn movie than a serious journalism pick up close and personal Michelle Pfeiffer and Robert Redford and of course the theme song was Celine Dion's pre-Titanic epic Because You Loved Me (laughs) (laughs) technically based on a true story but really just good 90s schmaltz Um, I remember the song more than I remember the movie I think I saw the movie but I remember the song a little bit more weren't they in a taxi (laughs) Well, so I I saw it not that long ago. I think okay, the taxi movie is the one with George Clooney, where she that's one fine day, one fine day, which is actually it's actually a pretty good movie. It's like very stressful to me, but it's a it's a pretty good movie. And you know who the little girl is in um, One Fine Day? It's May um, Whitford or whatever. Yeah, Mae Whitman from (gasps) Parenthood. I know it's so crazy. We're watching that right now. She's like a little baby. Um, I know. Now she's Um, not. Alicia, I don't see anywhere in the rules where it says it has to be a serious journalism. No. No. Mm -mm. Not at all. Um, Okay. And then Angie said, say anything. John Cusack, dude, you must chill. I pushed all of my 19-year-old buttons. Maybe TMI. (laughs) Wait, you forgot the heart, 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 How many hearts? Six hearts. Six six hearts. Maybe TMI. Cry face. Cry face. Cry face. At 49 now, I needed this. Thanks, Tishi. Didn't think I would, but loving the movie episodes and commentary. Kissy face. Good. <laughs> Yay. Good. I'm hoping people aren't bored and waiting for us to quit talking about no, movies. Shut no. up. Yeah, because they can find a different podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll say mine, too. Um, oh, yeah. It is The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, that's a really good one. You know, I mean, I already had my treatise on it. Right. I I didn't think of it as a journalism movie. I thought of it as a fashion movie, but it most definitely is a journalism movie. I know. Because my first one I said is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, (laughs) which is kind of a joke. But then I was like, magazines, that's media. (laughs) And I was, I I love that. And especially because... um, I had this blog about working uh, for my crazy You know, boss. I read that before I knew it was you. I was really? Like, yeah, I read the whole thing. Like, when blogs were a thing, um, I would, like, just sit down at work. I'm a really good worker. I would sit down <laughs> at work and read in, like, a book or, like, a diary, you know, like, diary entries. Mm-hmm. And I think one day I, like, read all of yours, and then it just, like, stopped. I was like, yeah. who is this? Because Luke mentioned it at some point. Yes. Yeah, so. 
Yeah, I started to get self-conscious because I was in line for the, I think it was the thousandth show. And someone was like, who are you? Or whatever. She had flown in from San Francisco. And then I told, you know, what I did. And she said what she did. And she's like, you're not the person that does my so-called job, are you? And I was like, yes. And then I was like, oh my God, people are actually reading this. Because <laughs> I, I started it just like I would get so mad and so I'll be like, if I write things out, I like won't flip out. Like I won't start sure. screaming at him yeah. or crying. Yeah. I mean, I still did cry in the break room, but um, <laughs> so that's how I started. But then when people I'm like, oh, my God, I have to like start editing this and have better grammar instead of just me like rage typing. Um, yeah. And then it started to get sad when, as his health deteriorated. I'm like, yeah. maybe I don't want to write one about him pooping his pants. <laughs> like it's hilarious. <laughs> And now that he's been dead for a long time, I'm like, oh, maybe I go back. But the reason that um, is, is that his daughter actually gave me the idea. And she said, oh, it'd be so funny. It could be the devil wears tweed because he always would wear like tweed jackets. And I'm like, yes. And of course, if she knew that I was planning on writing a book about it, yeah. she would die because yeah. their family was so shitty to me. But anyways, yeah. but I didn't sign an NDA. <laughs> <laughs> I used to call this guy that I worked with who was like generally a nice person, but he was sort of clueless about how anything worked. And he treated me like his secretary, which I really wasn't. And so I, behind his back, I would call him Miranda Priestley. Cause he'd be, like, do, he'd be like, do that thing, you know, like call that place. I'm like, what, what are you, what are you even talking about? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. I can't read your mind. Yeah. Uh, the thing, the thing about I think that movie almost reveals the genius of Meryl Streep more than any other movies. I mean, I mean Sophie's Choice, right? She just broke your goddamn heart in that yeah. movie. But like, when you think of like Meryl Streep, serious actress, you think like period pieces mm. and you know incredible emotions and whatever. But she was so brilliant in The Devil Wears Prada. She was like really she was good. the villain. Yeah. And yet, I you rooted for, for her. her. I know. Yeah, <laughs> she Andy should have stayed at runway. That she should have finished out her year. It was stupid that she left. Mm. Stupid yep. boyfriend. Ugh. The older I get, the more that I become a Miranda Priestly in my head. I'm like, listen, I get it. She has to be a bitch. That's the way you have yeah. to do to get things done. It's her Special- reputation and her yeah. name that goes down if something isn't right. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't treat people like that. But no. also, just like, don't work at that job if you can't handle it. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So yeah. All right. <laughs> so we're all Miranda Priestleys. Yep. <laughs> yes. I'm dying my hair white. Take that for the warning that it is, guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, we already started talking about movies. Yes. But maybe we should actually talk about the kind of movie that we decided that we would Yay. talk about. Um, I think we've been anticipating this one pretty much as much as we anticipated the dance movies, right? Yes. yes. We were extremely excited to be doing this. So we didn't discuss what order we should talk about these. Does anybody want to go first? Maybe we should talk about Singing in the Rain first, really. All right. 
Then I will go first. Okay, my my first choice is Singing in the Rain. I'm trying to remember exactly the first time I had seen it. I it, I wasn't that young. Like I think I was in high school when I saw it. And, you know, like a theater class or something, we had like a, a, a six weeks or a semester of going over classic movies where I saw a lot of like movies that made a big impact on me. But this one especially, I just was sort of taken with it. I mean, of course, I'd always heard of it. It's I knew some of the songs because it's, you know, infiltrated our culture sort of. Like even my kids had sort of heard some of the songs before, even though they'd never seen the movie. Um, anyway, so I just sort of fell in love with it. I love MGM musicals, and Gene Kelly is such an amazing dancer. I know that this is not, like, dance talk because it's about musicals, but I was just sitting there. I watched it last night, and I'm just sitting there watching him tap dance, and he's so mm-hmm. freaking good. It's just I love tap dancing, as I said before, and just watching him do it. And, and you know, Donald O'Connor and Debbie Reynolds, they're all, like, really amazing. But he just has this, like, ease and, you know, that charm. But it, you know, it is a 50s movie about the 20s. um, But it's still so relevant in a lot of ways. You know, they're faking. Mm -hmm. Like, it made me think, okay, so... I'm just going to assume everybody's seen the movie, but um, when don't the, assume. Um, give okay, us, give okay. us the synopsis. Okay, the I want to hear <laughs> what, what, your synopsis, synopsis of okay. this. Okay, so uh, Don Lockwood and Lena Lamont are the stars of the silent era, um, and Don kind of grew up like on the vaudeville circuit, I guess, and just sort of in these like down and out bars. He and his friend Cosmo. Um, I love his motto, by the way. <laughs> Dignity. Always <laughs> dignity. And then it just shows them just being trash people. Like all the crap time. falling all over the place. <laughs> um, so he finds his way into, by becoming a stunt person, he finds his way into Hollywood. And he does a really good job doing these stunts. And they kind of put him up as a lead actor with Lena Lamont, who is, you know, a like cliche, shitty person, actress. But they're, you know, they start these silent movies together and, it it's it seems to be always like a f- French aristocracy, you know, from the <laughs> like seventeen yeah. hundreds or something, and but it just for whatever reason really plays well, and and they become really famous. Then all of a sudden, the jazz singer comes out. So the talkies are the new. They nobody thinks it's going to work, but of course they end up, you know, it ends up blowing up, and so everybody has to figure out how to incorporate sound into their movies. Meanwhile, Dawn has met um, Kathy, who is a dancer, but she wants to be an actress, um, and they fall in love. Um, but also, simultaneously, Dawn and Lena, for the tablo- tabloids, are kind of paired together. Like, people think that they're dating. Which reminded me, because I watched it last night, I, you know, I gasped as well as the rest of America when we saw uh, Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt like <laughs> holding hands or whatever but you know you know that the rest of America <laughs> really <laughs> you know though that there were countless publicists on the phone to make this happen like mm-hmm. it sure. was not spontaneous I don't think they're getting back together I do think that they maybe are friendly with each other because he went to her birthday like they seem to like not hate each other um, but the lighting was perfect. Her ass looked great. He looked great. I'm like, this was not a spontaneous thing that just happened. Like this was, it was plotted, plotted with an inch of its life. I, you know, I think it's sweet, I guess, but people were losing their minds. And I'm like, you guys, 
come on. This is like a publicist's dream. I mean, th- nobody remembers what happened at the SAG Awards, but everybody remembers the time that she had her hand on his chest. Anyway, mm-hmm. so it really reminded me. It's like in Singing in the Rain, you know, this happened. This was, whatever, 70 years ago at this point almost, and it, it's sort of still the same thing that's going on. Hollywood is, like, going to be Hollywood about it, and they're going to kind of sell their soul to to make things work. But um, anyway, okay, so the the – the talky era is starting, but they realize that Lena has this horrible voice. Okay, now this is the thing that when I probably first saw this, I was like, yeah, her voice is horrible. She sounds awful when she talks. Like, now that I've evolved a little bit, I feel a little bit bad for Lena. And, like, she sounds fine. Like, she's not going to be French aristocracy, but, like, you know, it's right. like born yesterday. Like, she sounds kind of like a New York girl. Like, she sounds sort of fun. Well, I think that's why they take care to make her such a bitch. Yes, yes. So yes. that it's hard to feel sorry for her and, you know, when she's she, getting screwed over. Yes, exactly. But she was the only person, because uh, Jean Hagen was the actress that um, played Lena, and she was the only one that got an Oscar nomination, I believe, from this. Um, and she's great. She, I think she's hilarious in this movie. Like, I laughed out loud. Um, anyway, so they threw... Trying to many, many foibles of trying to make a talkie with Lena's voice. It doesn't work. So Kathy ends up dubbing her voice. And then Lena's mad, but she wants to use Kathy and put her under contract. But then they reveal to everybody that Kathy was really the voice and everybody's triumphant. And Lena is, you know, kind of, she is a major bitch and she gets what's coming to her, I guess. That's basically it. But there's lots of songs. I mean, there's so many good songs. Like, I had forgotten about Moses Supposes. I, I showed it to my kids this morning, and they were like, this is such a fun song. Mm-hmm. But the the best part about watching this movie with my kids, which they liked it enough. I mean, Bridget was itching to go watch a YouTube like, <laughs> while she was watching it. But um, trying to explain to my kids, who are five and almost eight, like, this was made in the 50s, but it takes place in the 20s. But in that time, there it's like they are actors playing actors that are in movies. But at that time, movies didn't have sound, and they were like, "What?" Like they like mm-hmm. they could not. So when the actors were talking, they kept saying, "Like why are they talking?" You said that there was no sound. I said, "Well, no, 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 no." Like in the movie, in the movie, there's no sound, and like it kind of took them a second to like really get it but it is like it's so funny I, I don't know you know I'm obviously 40 years older than my kids but I feel like I kind of knew what silent movies were but they just aren't exposed to it at all there's no uh, did they play silent movies maybe they played them on I don't know cable or something or they like played them on PBS I don't know but for whatever reason I knew what they were but my kids had like zero awareness of it anyway so that was interesting but they were really really entertained because it's it just is like a it's just a fun musical. I mean the make them laugh is a, you know it's pratfalls but it's really fun especially for kids and um good morning is good morning is probably the song that I sing the most personally like I sing it to my kids in the morning and it is such oh, a fun No. I know. You are a terrible mother. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. I I used to sing Rise and Shine but uh, that's just like they're like no shut up. Um <laughs> But it's just, it's a really just like, it's like a fun movie, but it's a satire. I mean, it's a really good satire of Hollywood um, with fabulous singing and dancing. So I 
enjoyed watching it. I rented it on Amazon, but I was like, I might buy this. Like, I think it would be fun <laughs> to buy this. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Well, I rewatched it last night as well. We were probably watching it at the I same time. we probably time. were. <laughs> and I was thinking, I was like, you know, I mean, these songs don't really make that much sense. No, like not at all. In the narrative structure of the movie. So I was reading the Wikipedia about it a little bit. And these were all pre-existing songs. You know, that like amazed me when I was reading that. They all were pre-existing songs. Except like maybe Moses Supposes, which they kind right, of... Right, which they yeah. wrote for the, the yeah. thing. But it was just that it was this great group of songs that somebody was like, hey, we ought to get these in a movie somehow. And yeah. they, So it was essentially one of the first jukebox. Yeah. Yeah, which you don't think if you of. want to think about it yeah. that way. And I, I mean, they did a great job of integrating it like yeah. into everything, but it doesn't none of these songs are necessary for the story to play out. No. And I, and that last the Broadway melody. Yes. Ballet is yes. it a ballet? Yes. Is it a Broadway number or whatever? I mean, that makes no sense Literally, in the context I, of the movie. It's just Gene Kelly wanting to do what he wants a big to ballet dance number, but it's so incredible it, it's so beautiful i mean it's a little long i remember even as a kid yes. like being kind of like okay i'm ready for this part to wrap up um <laughs> the ballet is so beautiful and sid it's sid charise i think who, mm-hmm. who's dancing with and she's i mean she's a beautiful dancer and he, obviously he is um but yeah it, it's definitely and it kind of like when they wrap it up he's like that's my idea and then rh is like mm, okay like i need to see it but i don't really get it <laughs> and it's like why did we just do this whole like I don't know. It was like how to succeed in business without really trying kind of like mm-hmm. good deal. And I'm like, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but, um, I don't know. It's sort of fun, but it is, I, if it were me, I would maybe cut like five minutes off of it. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't need to be this long. Oh, good. But, uh, but I think, I think what makes singing in the rain, like a classic musical and a classic movie is not that it makes that much narrative sense, but, that it's so full of joy. Yes. Like all yes. the music and the dancing and the singing is such a joyful expression mm-hmm. that you can't help but like smile, have a happy, warm heart when you watch it. Totally agree. Um, and it has such fascinating behind the scenes stories. <laughs> well, Anna and I were both laughing that Donald O'Connor had to be like basically hospitalized after <laughs> Make Him Laugh because he smoked Four packs of cigarettes a day, and he was so exhausted after it. First of all, I mean, I love a cigarette, but, like, how you have time to smoke four packs? It's 80 cigarettes. Like, are you just, like, constantly? I don't understand the mechanics of it. (laughs) I mean, that's tense. That's only a cigarette every six minutes over 10 hours. I mean, that's wild. I guess you could, like, smoke anywhere there. So it was like, well, you know, I'm in the bathroom or I'm in the elevator. Like, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. There's no, um, there's no nothing to block you from doing it but yeah and you didn't have to try and make it last you just (laughs) suck that tar down (laughs) um i also i was talking to dave about this um and i said is every song and dance man an irish catholic person like it's so (laughs) weird to me it's like donald o'connor gene kelly bing crosby like all these people are and they're like super irish catholic like they're like really into it and he was like yeah pretty much okay it's so weird (laughs) i don't know why i think it's so odd but um maybe other because other religions can't um dance maybe maybe that's a thought maybe maybe (laughs) i mean Um, they're legally not allowed to i mean like religiously not that they can't (laughs) 
<laughs> they just didn't seem to know what to do with their feet. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? I was also reading about, um, it's pretty common knowledge that Gene Kelly was pretty terrible yeah. Yeah. to Debbie Reynolds yeah. on the set, which yeah. he acknowledged later on. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I was not kind to her because she wasn't a dancer. No. And she did a really good job. She doesn't dance a ton, a ton in this. Like, I mean, she dances mm-hmm. obviously in Good Morning, but, and she dances in the um, cake part, the uh, part of RH's house, but she doesn't do like, I feel like a ton, a ton of dancing, but in good morning, she does a really good job. She does a pretty complicated tap dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I wouldn't think that you could do, but she told the story about how he was being terrible to her again. And she actually burst into tears and ran away and like hid under a piano somewhere <laughs> in the studio. And she was sobbing and who should come by, but Fred Astaire. I mean, and found her <laughs> sobbing under the piano and asked her what was wrong. And when she told him, he said that he would help her Aww. learn all the dances. Mm-hmm. That's very sweet. I mean, what a story. Yeah, it's really sweet. Um, yeah, it's just, a, it's, I just a, it really, really enjoyed it. And I would totally watch it again. Also, like Rita Moreno is like Zelig. Like she is in freaking everything. Like mm-hmm. she just appears places in She's a West Side Story. She's in this now. You know, she's still acting. It's. I mean, I, we talked about her a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So yeah, also made an appearance in this. Yep. And um, the title dance number, the singing in the rain. Yes. It's just. I mean, more than anything else in that film, I think it's just an absolute like classic. Oh, it is forever piece. Again, like I all. I mean, we almost should have brought this up in dancing because it definitely is. I mean, he sings and has a lovely voice, but right. But his, clearly, it, it, dance is yeah. his. Yeah, it's his, his genius. Heart. And he directed yeah. it or co-directed this movie, which is I don't know if he did anything else. I should have looked that up, but I don't know if he directed anything else. But man, he did a spectacular job, and I just love. Well, actually, what makes me laugh in this "Singing in the Rain" number is I'm like. Is he supposed to be in New York? Like, I know that they're in Los Angeles, but it's like <laughs> brownstones. You know, just a back lot of Paramount or, or MGM or whatever. Yeah. And uh-huh. and they're just like, oh, let's just use this set. Nobody will know the difference. None of Los Angeles looks like that. Literally nothing. Not even in the 20s. Nothing looks like that. Oh, come on. Not the brick buildings because corner. of earthquakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's the same reason we don't have brick buildings. Guys, <laughs> don't destroy the illusion. <laughs> that realistic look that's hanging in the rain. Uh, let's see. Where should we go from here? Christy, why don't you do one of yours? Okay. So I would say that my top one, it was so hard to choose. And also I had to give myself a definition that's um, why I put the definition down here of that. That's a good idea. Yes, musical was. film is a genre in which songs by the characters are, <laughs> are interwoven <laughs> into the narrative, sometimes accompanied by dancing. The song usually um, advances the plot or develops the film's characters. I did that because I would have had a whole different set of things if it was movies with songs. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. So that's why I had to do that. Um, So I would say that my top one is Little Shop of Horrors. I'm so glad you picked this because I almost, it was going to go on my honorable mention list for sure if you hadn't picked it. It's so great. It is. Um, Should I give a little? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So it's a 1986 movie 
and it I think it takes place in the six fifties or sixties um, in New York um, on Skid Row. Like it's a poor neighborhood, and there's this geeky floral shop worker, um, and that's played by um, Rick Moranis, um, <laughs> the go-to eighties geeky character, right? Yes. Yeah, and he's down on his luck, and he's in love with his coworker, who's this like beautiful knockout lady named um, Aubrey, who's Oh, sorry, Audrey. Um, and she's in love with this terrible dentist. <laughs> it's so weird just saying the plot of it is so strange. Um, yeah, so it's really great. And then one night there's an eclipse and all of a sudden the flower shop has this weird, unusual plant. And then all these people start coming to the flower shop and buying. And then it it's cleans up the neighborhood but it turns out that the plant is actually needs it has to feed on human blood mm-hmm. is it i don't remember it's been a while do we establish that the plant is actually an alien or yes. is it okay it's not just like a mutant plant i think it i think they make it seem like it's an alien okay um yeah so the songs are really fun um there's like a doo-wop the three ladies that like move the plot uh with, like um in the background it's um yeah so i i love it so much i've se- i saw it on broadway with uh joey fatone playing seymour which oh my gosh is really weird casting but i loved it so much because i, I you're love an think man so. was, and him and i did like i've never really been starstruck and i was like me outside of the the um back door you know they come out and people sign things and like you can take their picture and meet them and i stood out there and had this camera and flashed it in his eyes and it like blinded him and he was like oh god and then i got so embarrassed but i also couldn't talk and i just stood there and then like <laughs> slowly stepped backwards and then just ran down the street because i was embarrassed. <laughs> and i was old like i this was i was like in my 30s like, <laughs> So that was embarrassing. Um, but yeah, it was so good. But the ending of the Broadway play is very different than the movie. And when mm-hmm. I was looking it up, I found out because the play ends very sad um, with like him, like maybe killing himself and um, Audrey getting eaten and uh, the world is just bad. Like the and Audrey is like the the plant is also called Audrey, too, of course. And um, it ha- has like... Um, had babies and like the world's gonna end basically and then th- people thought that was too much of a bummer for the movie so they had to make it right. a little bit happier ending so that was my my That's first one i love it also in a fake new york soundstage but <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i was thinking about this i'm a pretty big stickler for people who are in musicals actually being good singers yeah. mm-hmm. that's why i object to some of the newer musicals that have been on the scene lately Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but I would not say that Steve Martin is a great singer but he's great in that part as the dentist he is incredible so good incredible I mean it helps that the song doesn't really require like require a lot of singing talent like it doesn't rest on the person being a good singer but he's so like 
crazy madcap as this bloodthirsty dentist yeah. that I mean he just really needs to sell it more than anything else yeah. and yeah. he like sells it totally in spades. Um Rick Moranis wasn't that great either. But no, he no, was kind but... of like nasally like it fit the part though. Mhm. But I think that um the lady that played Audrey what's her name Ellen Green or something I think Let's it was. See. She was talented enough for both oh, of them. Oh, she was so good. Mm-hmm. I and always had that my sweet voice little voice, like and that. then all of a sudden she would start belting. Oh my gosh, I get chills so every good. time I hear it. I love it mm-hmm. so much. When I was little, and it, and it when it came out, I mean, I wasn't that little. I was like seven or eight or whatever. I it like scared me. Like it looked, I was like, oh, I don't like that. Like it, it is just scary. Looked just like something I. But then once I saw it, I was like, oh no, like this is actually. I mean, yes, it is, but um, but I really, really enjoyed it, and also the. The person that has honestly like the weirdest career of anybody in Hollywood is the director of this movie. It's Frank Oz, and oh. he truly ha- is just is like like polymath. I don't know if that's like the right. He just is. Like, <laughs> he's voices. He direct. I mean, he directed. Hold on, I'm gonna find out. He directed something that was like a bunch of random stuff. Like he obviously directed like Muppets things, but also like In and Out. What about Bob? Um, you know, the, the dark crystal, but then it's like the voice of Miss Piggy. Yeah. I mean, right? it's just such a weird <laughs> combo yeah. of things. Yeah. Wait, what do you mean? Miss Piggy is her own voice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know and what you're talking to, about. We have to have a talk about this. <laughs> That's probably huh. why I loved it because probably Muppets Take Manhattan is my musical that just is a movie that has songs in it. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Oh my god, that scene in the diner with all the rats, oh. and there's one where the the rat is greasing the griddle by skating on the yes. little pats of butter. Yeah. I loved that so much. I loved when um, Kermit is, you know, in, he doesn't remember anything, and he's playing their song on the glasses with the mm-hmm. four. You know, he's like ding ding ding. Yeah, I love that part. I love everything. It's so great. It's probably why I loved New York. I had never been there, but I was like. New York I'm ready is a for place it. I, I have to live. <laughs> and he's the voice of Yoda. Oh my gosh, sorry. Frank Oz is really that's I mean, is he also the richest person in Hollywood? Right. <laughs> oh, Cookie Monster, Bert Grover, Fozzie Bear, Animal, Miss Piggy. That's a lot. Yeah. And Yoda, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And a little shop of horrors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and as long as we're talking about people who do voices, the voice of Audrey 2 was amazing. Yes. Who was that? Uh, mm-hmm. Levi Stubbs from The Four Tops. Oh, oh. interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I lo- when I was looking this up, a uh, little um, trivia bit is that the song uh, was nominated for an, an Oscar and it was the first song that had profanity in it. Oh, wow. Oh. Which was the mean green mother from outer space. <laughs> <laughs> you so, know, yeah. Uh, again, looking back on all of... Sorry, I'm like circling back to Frank Oz. I think one of my dreams, like one of my um, like career goals that is not ever going to happen, because like at some point, of course, I wanted, I was like a theater nerd and I wanted to be an actor. But I'm not like... I don't think I'm like pretty enough and also just like I'm not as charismatic to look at but like 
I think being a voice actor would be so great because you just would have to be like in your pajamas in a studio. It'd be so fun, right? And you make like good money by just like sh- like coming in and mm-hmm. you know knocking out a voice. Oh, I think it would be great. I mean, yeah. not a singing one, but like just a voice voice. But I think that that has passed me by now. But I think goals. you could do it. I can do it. I can do you it. Can. <laughs> Can do anything. This is the first step on the path to that. I mean, think about Don Lockwood. He just yeah. started as a stunt guy, and then he became a star. I mean, this is your stunt guy phase. <laughs> Tishi, my stunt guy phase. <laughs> um, well, this is very, very good pick, Christy. Um, I would like to apologize in advance for my pick. No, you should not. You know, sometimes I listen back to myself on an episode when I've been like passionate about something and I'll hear myself talking and talking and talking and talking and you guys are just sitting there like politely waiting for me to finish and then I feel like such an idiot. So I'm going to try not to do that with this, but my first pick is Into the Woods. Yep. Um, It's a musical, another one from 1986 has music and lyrics by Stephen Sondheim and a book by James Lapine. I don't know if that's how you say it. Um, then it intertwines the plots of a bunch of different fairy tales. And then it was adapted into the movie in 2014 and it was directed by Rob Marshall. So I did write some notes. I have two and a half pages of notes. <laughs> These are not bullet points. I wrote a two and a half page essay. I was going to say, I, put, I wrote like a notes app, like bullet point. You wrote like no, no. In, in cursive. Like no, no. I'm going to turn this into the professor later <laughs> with my sources. But um, it's such a like a complicated story that I had to write out the synopsis to try and kind of keep it under control. Um, so here is what I came up with. The village baker and his wife are desperate but unable to have a child. They are visited by their unfriendly neighborhood witch who tells them that the reason they can't have a child is that many years ago, the baker's father stole lettuces from her garden for his pregnant wife. Sound familiar? And as punishment, not only did she eventually um, take that baby daughter, she cursed his family with barrenness. But now she is in need of a little bit of help with a different curse, one that was put on her that she wants to remove. And if the baker and his wife assist her by finding some specific items to make a potion, she'll lift the curse on them. So they need to find, as the movie says, the cow is white as milk, the cape is red as blood, the hair is yellow as corn, the slipper is pure as gold, which leads them to cross paths with Cinderella. Little Red Riding Hood, Rapunzel, and Jack of Jack and the Beanstalk, all of whom are caught up in the midst of their own stories. And Act 1 ends with everybody achieving their happily ever after. But in Act 2, we find out that happily ever after may not be what it seems, as everybody has to deal with the fallout from their choices. So that's what happens in the show. Um, And... What we the two that we've talked about so far was singing in the rain and little shop of horrors, they're really wonderful musicals, but they're simply like good stories yeah. told to completion. But the reason that I love Into the Woods, I mean apart from the music and the lyrics and whatever, is that 
it's examining a lot of big ideas. It's not just like a grown up twist on fairy tales. It's about like wishing for what you want and how the reality may differ from the fantasy. Like for Cinderella, when you marry a guy whose only like real thing he knows about you is your shoe size, how well <laughs> is that going to work out? Or when you kill the giant in the faraway land of the sky, oh, great. But what happens when the giant's wife gets pissed that you killed her husband? So all the decisions that we make in pursuit of our dreams have consequences. And how ready are we to accept the responsibility for our actions, especially if they end up hurting the people around us? So. I think that's the big theme. And then additionally, it has some smaller stuff. Um, one critic referred to it as uh, the loving yet embattled relationship between parents and children and how everything that goes wrong ultimately arises from a failure of parental or filial duty despite the best intentions. So that was from Time Magazine. So yeah. <laughs> parents, <laughs> you're going to wreck your children. <laughs> When I first had Bridget, I remember, like, I didn't have postpartum depression, but I definitely had, like, a little bit of baby blues, like, like just my hormones were, you know, like, kind of out of whack, and I'm holding her, and she's teeny tiny, and I'm crying, and I'm like, I'm just gonna, I know I'm gonna mess her up, like, I'm, I'm such a, <laughs> not good at this, I don't know, my mom said, you're, you are gonna mess her up, but it's okay, we all do it, and I was like, I guess that makes me feel better, but <laughs> <laughs> um, it also like touches on the transition from child to adulthood um, and the difference between morality and truth. Um, the witch played by the incomparable Meryl Streep, yep. speaking of, at one point she says, I'm not good. I'm not nice. I'm just right. <laughs> so what is kind, what is good, what is right, what is true are not always the same yeah. <laughs> things yes. in this. And so I just find that this is a musical that has a lot of stuff to chew on. Yeah. It's it like brings up a lot more complex feelings where you can watch Singing in the Rain and just be so happy. Yes. After it's over, I always feel a little bit melancholy at the end of Into the Woods because, you know, yeah. A lot of people die in yeah. the woods, too. <laughs> yeah. You know, speaking of something where they had to change the end of the movie from the end of the um, stage play because mm. the stage play was too dark. <laughs> I mean, there are a, a lot of people who die, including yeah. some major characters in the stage play and still some in the movies. But I was thinking we talked. I don't even remember when this was, Hillary, but we were doing a show Maybe it was the last time the three of us talked about musicals. musicals. I, I think yeah. so. And you you said that Sondheim isn't always your favorite because, I don't know, like you find his work a little bit less accessible. Yes. Okay. So I, um, um, well, one, I think okay, that I'm like not smart enough to sometimes like completely understand it or like not to understand it. I get I, like I get what they're about. I think sometimes like I want to be swept away by song and his sure. his songs are so complex that sometimes yeah. I like don't get lost in the melody of it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not like, mm -hmm. oh, this is just something I'm like humming and they're so hard to to sing. And I wasn't as exposed to it. I mean, I was really exposed to Andrew Lloyd Webber when I was a kid. So that was like the first musical people that I heard was, you know, like Phantom of the Opera. That was what I was really exposed to. That was what I was used to. Also, 
Um, as I previously mentioned, I was a theater kid and I was in, we, they had this thing, I'm sure they had it everywhere, but it was like theater competition, which is so cool. And it was called one act plays. And like, it was like state competition and you would go, go to district and then you would go to regional and then you'd go to state. Um, and you would have to narrow down. I don't even know how they did this. You would have to narrow down play. Like we did Macbeth and we did it and you had to do it in 40 minutes. Um, I, somehow we cut it down. Um, and then we did Beckett one year. I mean, I don't know, but there was one that they did into the woods, but they must've done it without music. Cause I don't remember music being into it. They mm. just did the play version. And I remember thinking, what is this about? Like I had no, like we were like, thought it was so dumb and I just had never really been exposed to it. So I think that kind of colored my me into it but I'm really like it's one of those things everybody I admire loves Stephen Sondheim so like I feel silly that I'm like I don't get it but I I need to get it because I want to be well rounded (laughs) and I like like I've heard company songs and I actually really like that but I'm just not as I haven't seen it in full so it's just not something that I'm like you know or in any number of those but yeah like company is the one that i feel like has been on i guess because of marriage story i think he sings sure. something from company um i feel like i should i don't know be more absorbed in it but i just feel like i my small brain can't wrap my head around <laughs> like i need a melody <laughs> I need a chorus no i was i was i mean this I have a lot of this written in my notes. That yeah. This is not the kind of stuff that you can do like a group sing along to or yeah. that people choose to do at karaoke because it's just too complicated. Yeah. And I was sort of rewatch when I was rewatching it the other night, I, I was really thinking about how it's almost a little bit more like an opera. Yes. In some ways yes. in, in structure. Yes. For, I mean, for people who aren't familiar with the form of opera, there's generally like two types of songs. And the recitative is like it's meant to push the plot forward. It's like sung narration or sung dialogue. Yeah. You know, like I must go tell the prince so yes. that he will let my love go and not behead him. Kind of to keep things moving. But then the aria is what everybody knows that really big emotional, yes, melodic song. The part in Pretty like, Woman when she's. <laughs> watching the uh which we call it the opera i like remember how that mm-hmm. goes because it's like the belting out part it's like it's, yes yeah. it's it's when the person like steps out of the action and they talk and you had this in a little bit in the definition that you had christy that's this is when they express their internal thoughts and feelings to the audience and musicals generally have arias but they don't normally have recitative but into the woods has a lot of this like sung spoken dialogue and it's in really like specific um quick um syncopated rhythms and um it's really hard and i don't know that you could just sort of pick this up or hum it until you learned it so and he has a lot of like repeating little musical motifs like it all starts with um i wish i wish i wish and then all the characters start to like state their wishes and he sort of expands the musical ideas until you've got like cinderella going i wish to go to the festival and the whole song like builds from there or he'll have a character that will sing a line and in the next song a different character will sing the same lyrics in a different context and it means something completely different i just it's it's really cool. It's but very it's cool. really it's complicated. complicated. Um I think it just 
I think it's a, a show that really benefits from rewatching. Yes. Just because it is so complex and it has so many characters and their paths are all kind of like interweaving around each other so that yeah like the first couple of times i saw it i was like you was like i don't understand what's what's happening here there's some cool parts but i don't really what does it mean yeah yeah i mean i wonder like as far as performers in the movie i mean i you know i know when you're on broadway it's like these people are so classically trained as far as vocals go and movement but as far as the movie goes like who was a standout singer in the movie do, to you who do you think like had a a voice that could really carry it. Uh, well, Anna Kendrick. Yeah, she does. She has a really good voice. Very good. Yeah. Very- People get Hillary- annoyed by her, but she has a good voice. No, she has a great voice. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Camp? Uh, no, but I like. I, it's a weird that I haven't seen it because I've like always wanted to see it, and I. It's weird that <laughs> you I haven't. should watch it. Okay. It's. I mean, it's an indie film, yes. and it's about. It's about a theater camp, like mm-hmm. kids who go to a theater camp yeah. for the summer. And yeah. Anna Kendrick has a sort of a middling size part in it, but there's one part where she sings a song from Company, and it just <laughs> will knock you on your ass. Okay. It's okay. so good. It's really an interesting movie but so she's great um Meryl Streep is amazing I mean that's a part that calls for both selling the character and being able to do the singing so she can do that Emily Blunt is really good another they were reteaming from the Devil Wears Prada two of the best parts in Devil Wears Prada (laughs) um James Corden surprisingly good I know he'd done some Broadway stuff before but I didn't know he was that good of a a singer, um, I would say that there are like two people who aren't trained singers in them, and one of them is a dud, and one of them is a delightful surprise, and the dud is Johnny Depp. Shocker of wolf. all shockers. Ugh. Gross. It's a really small role. It's like five minutes of screen time total, and one song, and I guess he sells the character, which I've been saying is important, in his like wolf zoot suit <laughs> that he he was very involved in designing apparently and oh god <laughs> and the wolf is like it's this really creepy predator right yeah. that yeah. it and it highlights like so many fairy tales have that really dark and like sexual yes undertone because yeah. if you get down to the bottom of it little red riding hood is yes. like about rape yeah right so when he interacts with Little Red Riding Hood, there's all these double meanings where he's talking about, you know, like a, a beautiful, plump child mm. in the context like she's a sheep and he's going to eat her. But then also like he's a sex predator. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there are themes of like sexual predation and sexual awakening and loss of innocence and all gross and kind of sad. But he's not a great singer. Mm. Yeah. And when I was watching the credits, there are a couple of like... You know, it's like 10 minutes of credits, but there was a listing for sound technician for Mr. Depp, (laughs) assistance to Mr. Depp, assistance, plural, and vocal coach for Mr. Mr. Depp. Depp. (laughs) Like everybody else had one vocal coach and he had all his own. I'm here to tell you it did not help. (laughs) But the delightful surprise was Chris Pine. I mean, he's always a delightful Cinderella's surprise. Prince. He's <laughs> always a delightful surprise. Obviously, he's not like a super trained singing, but he has a pretty decent amount of natural talent. And he clearly made the most of like his six weeks of vocal training. training. And he's yeah. playing this great like 
he's like the prince that's off the cover of the romance novel. He's yes. got this vaguely like Elvisy hair yep. and this like permanent five o'clock stubble and he's just sort of self-important and um and really funny i think both the princes are are very funny and like self-absorbed dopes and one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is when cinderella has spoiler alert caught him stepping out on her after (laughs) they married and she's like how could you do that to me and he says i was raised to be charming not sincere. Ugh. And I'm like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> that is a good line. <laughs> and it's so true. So he's so he's extremely enjoyable. He and the other prince have this um, this duet called Agony where he's been chasing Cinderella trying to find her. And the other prince has been like trying to get to Rapunzel. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they're having this competition as to like who is suffering more. <laughs> And uh, it's 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 very funny. Even if you don't see the rest of the movie, you can find clips of that on YouTube. It's called Agony. And, that... and they're both expressing how how incredibly uh, in love they are. That guy, um, Billy Magnuson, I really like him. He, I think he's, he's great. I think he's going to be like a a star. He's like weirdly, you know, um, very, looks very like Swedish. His last name is Magnuson. Mm-hmm. But did you did either of y'all see Game Night? Yes. Yes. Um, he's the like friend who is with the English lady for part of it. Like he's he's kind of plays like a dum dum in it. Um, and I just when I saw him and that, I was like, oh, he's really funny. And then I've heard him interviewed, and you know, he's a Broadway guy. Like that's where he got his start. Mm-hmm. But he's really like starting to be cast in a lot of different movies. Just I mean, he definitely has like a classic blonde, good looking guy face. Oh, he's very pretty. But he's very <laughs> talented though. To you know, to boot. So I, yeah, I really like him. I'm kind of rooting for him. Hmm. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. I Johnny Depp was really the only complaint like that I out. had. Even the small roles like Christine Baranski's yes, in it as Cinderella's stepmother. She's, she's great. And Tracy Allman as Jack's mother. And it's just, it's it's really um, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think um, the only thing that I will say that, I mean, it's not it's not a bad thing, but like when you see the stage play, they have to do a lot with a little, right? Because... It has so many fantastical elements, like it has a giant beanstalk, and it has Rapunzel's tower, and it has a cow that they yes. have to yeah, like, yeah, yeah. maneuver around the stage. So th- they have to be like really creative with figuring out how to stage this, and you know, it. it I don't know. It, it makes it kind of a more whimsical yes. thing to figure out how to make this all work. But they don't have to do that in the movie, right? Because they had fifty million dollars. Yeah, they could do whatever and they, they want. Shooting on set, and they had a you know a real cow. Yeah. who has its own IMDb entry. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I think its real name was Tug or oh. something. But Anne, it's like have everything you seen is the really. Play, Anne? I've never seen a professional um, production of the play, but I've seen like community theater mm-hmm. and stuff. My mom has seen it i forget like my mom likes musicals well enough i would say she's not like a super musical fan but she likes them but like she went to see rent when it was touring here Mm -hmm. i think her cousin got tickets or something and i asked her how it was and she was like well it was very loud (laughs) that's like what her critiques are but she really liked (laughs) into the woods when she saw it 
So my mom's endorsement <laughs> is there. <laughs> rent is loud. No, I like rent, but it is yeah. loud. Rent is loud. It is loud. <laughs> I do love belting out. I don't like the movie Rent. I like thought it was, it was so it. so bad. But the I saw it recently, like it was touring randomly, and I went to it here, and I still could like belt five hundred. You oh know, I mean, it just is like it's so easy to just kind of be like. Ah. <laughs> when I first started driving, that's what the CD in my car was the soundtrack <laughs> Rent. Uh, the older I get, though, with Rent, and the more I'm like. Um, they, they need to pay their rent. Like, stop squatting right. in. <laughs> like, sorry, Miranda Priestley. Pay, <laughs> pay your fucking rent. Um. <laughs> anyway. Uh. Yeah. Anyway. So I guess the point that I was I was making is that there is a kind of like um theater magic to having to do that production like on yeah, one sure. stage and the the movie is really beautiful you know they yes. they yeah. shot like in in England on one of those big estates like not the Downton Abbey state estate but like something similar to that and and they have the special effects to make the giant beanstalk and all of that but you know it actually does lose a little of the magic and the fantasy because it's represented so literally but it's still really beautiful I think they did a they get a good job. So anyway, I highly recommend seeing the movie. It's not perfect. It's not exactly like the stage musical, but it's really great. It's not like cinema verite. I was thinking that, you know, Mike would probably hate this movie because he likes things that are very much grounded in reality, yeah, which is one of yeah. the reasons that he doesn't like musicals because the idea that someone would just break into song is is not sort of realistic to him or to a lot of people are not meaning to like criticize Mike. That's just, you know, a preference. Yeah. Um, So you have to kind of, you know, sort of be up for the fantasy of it all. You have to like bring your imagination and go with this sort of magical version of the world. But I think it is, it's really cool that it takes these children's stories and uses them to make some like profound statements about the way that we're misguided or short-sighted when we're, pursuing our dreams and it's about like loss and loneliness and acceptance of reality you know whatever that reality turns out to be and um in the the final song where the company all comes back together and sings wishes come true not free and i just think that's really beautiful totally. and it's really sad yeah. and it's it's really real yeah. so i always cry at the end Ugh. Oh. i pull a hillary <laughs> <laughs> i'm crying and i don't know why i mean <laughs> It's like the Pelican Brief always makes me cry. Why? Like, there's no reason. Why does it make me cry? But I'm crying. <laughs> because the beautiful nature of the interracial relationship prepared, now, pre- portrayed I, on the screen in the early 90s. And they were supposed to be romantic, but they, like, did it because Hollywood's racist. But I yeah. know why. Oh, didn't they? I couldn't remember. I yeah. thought that they were platonic in the book, but they were platonic in the movie. They are platonic in the movie. But I remember mm. the line that makes me cry. That, so he's getting interviewed by whatever. He's supposed to be on, like you know, a Sunday show or something. And she's in some remote island. I mean, let's talk about the Pelican Brief. Um, and she's in some remote <laughs> island. And that this- famous musical, the Pelican Brief. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the guy like that's like Tim Russert basically is saying like, who, where is Darby Shaw? Like some people think you made her up. Like she's like, 
too good to be true. And then Denzel Washington says, like, she almost is. And then it just goes back to, like, what's her? I'm not going to cry. They, it goes back to uh, Julia Roberts smiling, and they're both like, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know why. It makes me cry every single time. <laughs> I'm going to develop a musical based on Pelican Brief, and I'm going to make oh, so much do. money. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, why don't you tell us what makes you cry in your <laughs> second musical pick? This one, well, actually, now it might make me cry. Okay. Caveat. I am not a Disney person. Like, I enjoy Disney as much as, like, the next person, but I'm not, like, a like, I didn't go to, Dave and I didn't go to Disney by ourselves, like, with no children. Like, I'm not that kind of Disney person, but. Mm-hmm. Like my stepsister and her husband <laughs> I'm so are. sorry. I'm so sorry. It's not my no, thing. No. It's really expensive. She's not going to listen to this. It's really mm-hmm. expensive. That's the crazy thing. But mm-hmm. anyway. Um, so, but, you know, I grew up liking Disney. And then probably, I think, um, um, this is not my movie, but I think, um, whatchamacallit, a little, a little Mermaid came out when I was in fifth grade. So it was, that was sort of the beginning of the Disney renaissance of them mm-hmm. having, you know, this new breed of, of animators and then, you know, having original IP, like original movies that are successful. Um, and I really liked Little Mermaid, although looking back on it now, it's like, like, you don't know this guy. Like, why are you falling in love with him? This mm-hmm. is crazy. But it has good songs. Anyway, so when I was in eighth grade, I believe I was in eighth grade, Aladdin came out. And I just, like, fell in love with Aladdin. I don't know what it was about it. I, I think I thought, I thought Robin Williams was hilarious. And I just loved the songs in it. I thought A Whole New World, I mean, it's, Leah Salonga has um, a beautiful voice. And I mm-hmm. just really, really fell in love with it. Okay, but but really, <laughs> when it really solidified, it's one of my favorite musicals. And I know there's no dancing, it's animated, but the songs really, really, Alan Menken's a he's just he's really talented but in the ninth grade when it came out on vhs okay picture this hillary ninth grade i'm supposed to be like i'm in high school i'm supposed to be boy crazy i'm supposed to be doing like sort of wild things instead i rollerblade as we know i like to rollerblade (laughs) Mm -hmm. i would rollerblade to my friend chelsea's house me and chelsea aaron melissa katie we would gather around chelsea's tv and watch aladdin Literally every day after school. I don't know why we were all obsessed with it. We knew every single line to it. So it's just in my head. Like I love it so, so much and have so like, I don't know if it's good, but it's just one of those that's just, like in my heart. Um, no, I know what you mean. Like I know, I, I mean, I was texting with those girls today and actually we have a text group. We graduated high school in 1997, and the text group is named Aladdin 97. (laughs) After today, or it's always been that? It's always been Aladdin 97. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Um, Also, one time... Okay, this is a side note to the story. One time, Chelsea... Okay, so Chelsea is... We were friends in elementary school, middle school, high school. We're still friends now. And we also lived together in Los Angeles. One time we were one time we were in Los Angeles. We were in our apartment. And we were like, oh, my God, you know what we really want to watch? Aladdin. And we might have not been sober at all. Um, and we knew one guy that lived in our apartment complex. And she was like, I wonder if he has Aladdin. <laughs> and we walked down really high, walked down to this guy's apartment, knocked on his door and said, 
hey, we were just wondering, do you by any chance have a copy of Aladdin? And he was like, actually, I do. <laughs> and so he gave us a copy of Aladdin, which I'm pretty sure I still have. And it's like the the claw, you know, the clamshell um, case that, yep. you know, the I mean, it was a VHS. Like, it was not a DVD. He had oh, been yeah, carrying that's the one we had. <laughs> anyway, I, I, it's like everything about it. I, 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 of, of my friends, I was the one that liked because I was like a dork and I really liked the um, Robin Williams stuff because I liked all the references that he would do in Friend Like Me. Like I thought it was like really, really funny. But um, anyway, I don't know. It's, it's just a silly movie, but it, I find it very entertaining. It is very problematic. I mean, it is like like the, the assumptions about people from, you know, the Middle East are kind of gross. But I will say for the first time, I mean, this is 1992, for the first time – there was somebody, a person of color. I know it's a cartoon person of color, and they're very beautiful and sexy, but at least that like, was a step in the sort of right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, I loved all of the songs. I mean, I could belt out a whole new world. I'm not going to, but mm-hmm. I, it's, it's a, <laughs> and I like the cartoon version. I don't like the, like, Peebo Bryson version or whatever, but I... No. I like the car. Leia Salonga has a beautiful voice and they should just keep it. I always thought it was weird that they would read and they still actually redo songs. Um, anyway, that's my silly, silly version of a musical that I love. Are you sure yeah. that you weren't just in love with the vocal talents of Steve from Full House? <laughs> I know. I did. I, we like thought he was so cute and like we. He was so he cute. Was so cute. One jump. I mean, he didn't sing the songs, but he no, 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 no. no. They they were <laughs> no, like, we're gonna no, hire somebody else for this. No. Um, there's a part like this is again. I think it's because it's so related to this group of friends. When I was texting them, like, I'm gonna talk about this today, guys. Like, go, just like wait, and I'll send it to you. Mm-hmm. And like Chelsea said, I can still like I know all of the quotes from it. And then I just wrote freedom in quotes because when they said like <laughs> like. Jeannie, what do you want? And he just goes, freedom. And he, like, puts his hands out, sort of. And Chelsea just sent me, a, like, an emoji of two hands coming out. And I was like, we're such dorks. Like, why weren't we being cool and, like, going to, like, hang out with boys? Instead, we were watching, like, a Disney cartoon. <laughs> you were in the Matrix. Yep. I love all this it is. story. Um, uh, Jeremy and his sister for a talent show did a whole new world t- and sang it to each other. Wait, that's really weird. That's well, so no. weird. Um. I always make fun because if you've seen Arrested Development, they used to sing uh, Afternoon Delight to each other. And I always joke that that's what they're like. And Jeremy still is like, Mom, why did you let us do that? It's so weird. It's like last year during the Winter Olympics, there was that, I think they got bronze, the, the like brother and sister that did pair skating together. Yes. And they were mm-hmm. really good, but it's like, this is like romantic. It's romantic. Like a- <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, that's it. It's a short one, but I love Aladdin and, you know, I could watch it over and over again. And if I'm high, I'm going to go borrow it from my neighbor probably. Yes. <laughs> Do Get it. ready. <laughs> and I endorse this pick. I think I have the soundtrack somewhere. It's really good. It's really good. Um, can I go next yes. for mine? Because it's also a Disney property. It's also from 1992. Um, also features lyrics by Alan Menken. Uh, and that is the, the masterpiece of a musical that is Newsies. 
um, directed by choreographer Kenny Ortega <laughs> yes. in his film directing debut. I love Kenny Ortega. Dirty Dancing yes. and other movies, but it's the first time he directed. It stars a 17-year-old Christian Bale. <laughs> He's low-key been around for so long. He's been around forever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It has Bill Pullman. It has Robert Duvall. And the still gorgeously sexy Anne-Margaret in her Mm -hmm. 50s. Plus a plethora of singing and dancing teen boys. (laughs) So the synopsis is uh, when they're factory worker father is hurt on the job and he doesn't have a union to protect him from being laid off um teenage david and his younger brother les are forced to quit school and go to work as newsies selling newspapers on the streets of 1899 new york city and this is where they meet a cast of like rascally characters including jack kelly a charismatic and wild orphan who is like the alpha of the newsies crew so when the um, newspaper moguls, including Joseph Pulitzer, decide to raise the price, they charge mm-hmm. the newsboys in order to wring out just a little more profit from the, their business. The newsies rebel, and they're led by David's brains and Jack's charisma, and they fight against the ruthlessness of big business <laughs> and the people who think that they're nothing. But, you know, life is, is hard, and not everybody can afford to be an idealist, so Jack has to decide if being a leader is more important or securing his own future and pursuing his dreams. Um, so I could talk about the themes of this movie including the evolution of child labor laws (laughs) the importance of unions individualism versus being part of a community about being unafraid to speak up for your own ideas but let's be honest here it's about the boys i was 14 1992 (laughs) um Yes, of course. This is about watching cute teenage boys dancing and singing. Of course. Definitely, definitely, definitely heterosexual, I'm sure. (laughs) I thought all of them were. It's about, you know, being into that young Christian Bale. Yes. Doing his best to dance and sing. I read that when he signed on to the project, it wasn't a musical at all. It was just a straight drama. (laughs) Poor guy's like, wait, And somewhere along the line, they were like, hey, this musical thing, let's let's bring this back. And so they put some songs in. Um, It's about saying, like, wow, I had no idea that Bill Pullman can kind of sing. And it's about sitting there, like, Googling how old Max Casella was during this movie because you watched him in Doogie Howser yep. and you thought he was 15 years old and you realized, well, he's 25. He has the, um, really? what's his face? He has the, like, the same thing that, um, what's his face from Karate Kid has? Uh, Rob, Rob Macchio. Macchio. Where you're like, yes. is he 13 years old? But he's mm-hmm. actually like 25 and he's legitimately like 60 now but he looks exactly the same like he hasn't really aged that much it's pretty crazy yeah. if if you asked him to star in the natural <laughs> no and he I'd was buy like it. 48 he could play 19 yes yeah <laughs> it's amazing so like this is not this is not like into the woods right this is just a solid sort of by the numbers musical um and it's it's the reverse from the other things that we've <laughs> been talking about. Well, no, uh, Christy, your next one was a movie first, right? So this is a um, this start, started out as the 
movie in 1992 was a total flop. But then in 2011, they made it into a Broadway play. And it, I read that its initial investment of $5 million, they recouped it in seven months. Wow. And it was the fastest of any Disney musical on Broadway to turn a profit. Wow. So there you go. Um, um, let's see. I read some reviews from the time. I wanted to see exactly what some of the critics said. Roger Ebert didn't like this, by the way, but I didn't quote any part of his review because he was just like, blah. But there was a couple of, of good things from James Berardinelli, Berardinelli, um, Newsies is an engaging way to spend two hours. The story is pure Disney feel-good stuff. The triumph of the underdog. The musical numbers are catchy. The characters are likable. And there's nothing in all 121 minutes that could be considered unsuitable for family viewing. Oh. So. What's good? Yeah. Then the LA Times said, yet for all its failures, Newsies has something that many successes miss. It's done with such full-bore enthusiasm, verve, and energy that, crazy as it often seems, it really does have moments that lift your heart or moisten your eyes. Kenny Ortega, the director, and with Peggy Holmes, the cool choreographer, doesn't act as though his material has flaws, perfunctory plot twists, corny lyrics, or characters. He's like his newsies. He's out to seize the day. When the material works, he does. So, there we go. And then this... Last little tidbit from the guy in the Washington Post. All the kids handle themselves like old showbiz pros. (laughs) Christian Bale, in particular, makes a strong impression. He could be a budding star. Well, Mm. interesting. Okay, so I used to get it. I didn't get it confused, but I remember in my head, like, I, I saw Newsies a bunch. But in my head, I started to get it confused because in the next year, Christian Bale was in Swing Kids, which was another yes, movie yes. I watched a lot, like a lot, a lot. Um, and so those like are intertwined in my head. I'm like, but don't they dance? And I'm like, no, 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 they don't dance in this. They don't <laughs> dance in this one. Uh, God, he's been acting for so long. And I'm just looking yep. at his IMDb page and it's like he kind of had some not flops, but like he was like just going like Empire of the Sun was supposed to be a really big deal and it just didn't really go anywhere um that was it was spielberg and he was supposed yeah. to be like this is his next big but then he did news I mean, he was in henry the fifth but then he like did newsies swing kids but then he was in little that was the first time i really noticed him when he played laurie in the 90 little, women, yeah, little yep. women um yep. and he was really good and then he just kind of kept you know i mean he's had some some bad ones but like he's just been steadily working for the last i mean i guess it's almost been shoot 35 years at this point. <laughs> so long. So time. long. <laughs> and my favorite thing is sometimes in award shows, if he wins something, you know, I know he's English, but I think of him as being like a proper English guy. But it's like when Renee Zellweger, I guess, decided to have like a Texas accent, he has decided to have like a, um, what do they call it? Like Cockney. A, not Cockney, like kind no, of. he's Welsh. But so it's a Welsh accent. It's like Welsh, but it's like Midland, Midlands kind of like, you're like, it's English kind of but kind like of. yes but it's like i don't really yeah yeah i guess yeah it's a lot but it just is like and he swears I, a lot a lot yeah mm-hmm. which i love well <laughs> i mean i don't think i've felt the same about him since i saw him in american psycho mm-hmm. i mean once you watch a guy run yes. butt naked down mm-hmm. a stairwell with wearing like, tennis shoes mm-hmm. and carrying a chainsaw <laughs> i mean <laughs> your image of him changes a little bit just yeah. a touch just as touch and he does this thing somebody I, this was i am quoting somebody on Twitter, but it was like, 
I think it was Nicole Cliff said like Christian Bale just doesn't want to like acknowledge his beauty because he always right. like you know he like in the machinist he loses you know bunches of but I mean he was like 125 pounds I don't think I weighed 125 pounds since I was like in sixth grade or something um I think I skipped 125 pounds <laughs> I, when I was 90 pounds and then I was 140 pounds I'm exactly. like, oh, wait a minute <laughs> where was his 125 but then like in you know in vice it, maybe he just kind of fluctuates so much but I don't know I mean he's definitely he's a, a good method writer. he is an, a good actor I feel like he would be exhausting to be around oh but yes Mm-hmm. His but, poor wife, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but talented. Yes, Just very talented. talented. Very talented. So that's my uh, my pitch for Newsies. If you are a fourteen year old girl or someone who was a fourteen year old yeah. girl in the early nineties, <laughs> this musical is for you. If you don't fit that criteria, then <laughs> I invite you to watch Into the Woods. <laughs> that's a. Uh, Jessica, one of our listeners, and my sister-in-law's favorite, she put it as our favorite dance movie. Oh, Newsies. I saw that yeah. and I stayed mum like, because yeah. I already knew. Had to keep it. Um, yep. Yeah, I don't know if it's her favorite musical. She can speak to that on the Facebook page, but definitely her favorite. Um, I know she's seen it a couple times at local <laughs> local productions here. They they did a filmed version of the Broadway show, like a like a tenth anniversary one, where they got most of the originating cast to come back. Mm-hmm. And I saw it on Netflix not that long ago, but then I went to look and neither the film version or the film stage version is on Netflix anymore. Oh, I think it's on Disney Plus is what it is. Oh. They took all their stuff. Yeah. Off you can of use my login. Else, so Yeah, you can use my login. Oh thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Then I don't it. feel so bad I know. Um, giving that money to Disney. <laughs> okay. Um, you want to go with your second pick, Christy? Sure. My second pick, um, I don't know if this, you guys can say, um, it feels like more like a, a movie that has music in it, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, I picked the 1988 movie, Hairspray. It is amazing. Um, it is. Did you guys like it? I, I mean, when I was a kid, I was yeah. like, obsessed with it. Yeah, me too. I don't think I've actually seen the 88 version. Really? I think I've only seen the one with John Travolta. Oh, you should watch the 88. So what I would like to do is have the 88 cast, but put Zac Efron in <laughs> as <laughs> as <Yes>. Link. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because the other guy, I mean, he's nice. He's, he's fine. Nice to look at. He looks like he looks he exactly played, like Elvis. He played Elvis in the like there was a oh, he did? made for TV. Yeah, there was a made for TV whatever about Elvis, and he played Elvis because I remember yeah, I was I like mean, he's, he's from Hairspray. Yeah, he is born to play that. Like he looks yeah. just like yeah. a young Elvis. Um, it is about race relations in Baltimore in 1962. What I and it's. Um, also about like loving yourself because the main character is fat and but she still does everything that everyone else does and it has to um but her mom who's played by divine yeah uh divine hides herself and doesn't want to go out and chasey's like i want to be on tv and i'm great and no one nothing's holding me back and so i thought that was really great my sister and i used to iron our hair with the iron <laughs> did just you like really did on the movie a hundred percent yes oh my god <laughs> We'd put a, uh, we'd be like, oh, that's a great idea, and put down a, um, put our hair inside of a pillowcase, and then iron it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm surprised we didn't. Did it burn work? Our hair off? Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, as I flat ironed my hair today, I'm like, did it work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I loved it. It. I don't know if the songs like pushed it forward, so I don't know if it falls. So I kind of messed yeah, up. Yeah, but it's totally yeah. a musical. Yeah. Um, the dancing is fun. Um, my sister and I used to, you know, do all the dances in the living room because we were super cool. Um, and it was, I loved John Waters. He's yes. super interesting. He loves weird, um, eccentric people. So I saw this when it came out. I mean, because I had cable. So it probably came to cable in 89. Yeah. And I was like, I need to find out everything John Waters did. So I'm a kid oh, and I no. watch Pink Flamingos. Oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> Christy. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, I was scarred a little bit by that. But <laughs> I'm 42 and I still don't feel ready no. to watch Pink Flamingo. No. I looked it up to see like what just a little bit about it and the movies he made, and I, I started to remember things about Pink Flamingos and grossed out. Like, <laughs> you're like, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, you know, I think um, there was recent news about. Um, so, you know, there's Mean Girls the movie, and then they turn it into Mean Girls the musical, and mm-hmm. now they're going to turn it into Mean Girls the musical on Broadway, now they're going to turn it into Mean Girls the musical on another film. And people were, like, losing their minds about it, but it's sort of <laughs> what they did with Hairspray. Like, Hairspray was a movie, kind of musical, mm-hmm. in 1988. They turned it into a musical, and then they turned it into a movie. And honestly, all three of them are successful kind of in different ways. Like. Right. Um, you know, a Broadway show is going to be different than a movie, but um, I love the '88 version, and I was really resistant to seeing the 2007 version because I was like, "Fuck John Travolta! Like this is stupid." Right. Um, yeah. But um, like you said, uh, what's his face? Um, Zac Efron was really good, and actually James Marsden was really good. Queen Latifah was really good. Marissa, like whatever, whoever played Tracy Turnblad, like she was pretty good. Yeah. Um, it was kind of just like a different thing. Like, obviously it was a, the same story, but it was more of a musical in quotes kind of yeah. thing. And less of the, there's like, more weird, songs for sure. There's more, there's more songs and there's less of the weird John Watersy stuff, yeah. which <laughs> like makes it lose a little bit of it. But, um, but I, 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 I'm like, they do this. It's just, just you know, you're taking whatever. It's like, I, I know it's not Shakespeare, but like you can do different iterations of things and change mm-hmm. it and. Just like different IPs that you're changing sure. into different things. Absolutely. I just wish um, that um, John Travolta wasn't in it. Like, I know. He yeah. just looked, I yeah. mean, first of all, he's creepy cool. as a person anyways, yeah. but like he looked creepy and the face was just gross. Yeah. yeah. They could have found someone better. Yeah. Yep. They could have. Sure. Um, so to turn this in, in back in a other direction. When you, you were talking about the Elvis looking guy, mm-hmm. so of course I went to IMDb to of look at him. My God, he does. Uh, he like does, Elvis. right? Yeah. But then I caught the first line of his IMDb <laughs> oh, biography, no. and you know how I feel about IMDb biography. <laughs> oh, no. It is not eight um, paragraphs. It is one paragraph that should be eight <laughs> paragraphs. <laughs> Packed with information. I, I want to read you the, the, first, the first sentence. Okay. This moody, baby-faced hunk had the slick, no. sullen, magnetic good looks and rebel attitude of an Elvis Presley, not to mention a startling resemblance. Oh, God. And then it goes on and it goes on and it goes on and it goes on. And then my eyes happened upon Michael moved ahead to the popular teen show Beverly Hills 90210 oh, playing an acting teacher in oh, its second yeah, season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was their acting but, teacher, remember? Yes, but... Wait, wait. No. But this time, Luke Perry and Jason Priestley grabbed the sexy attention. Uh, 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 
Who wrote and then this? The very, the very end of it is in 1994, St. Gerard had a spiritual awakening oh, after wow. leading a Sunday school class and with it decided to retire and focus his energies on religious instruction. What? He subsequently became a pastor in the Harlem area of New York City, extending himself and his church in particular to inner city youths and spends little time reflecting on his past stardom. What? Okay. So wait, he I started so a cult? <laughs> Why was he at a Sunday school class as a, as a grown man? <laughs> I wish we could ask questions and they would answer them. You're like, quick, quick cue. Can I? Um... <laughs> oh, my gosh. The things we learn. I do remember thinking he was really cute, but he he looked like disturbingly like Elvis. Mm-hmm. And I never thought Elvis was cute, but. No, yeah. I mean. Elvis had a thing. Yeah. You know, it was weird. By the time we were on the scene, no. Elvis, well, by the well, time Hillary came around, yeah. Elvis was dead. But yeah. Christy, you and I were very, very, very young. But Elvis was already like fat, bloated jumpsuit Elvis. Right. Drugged out. Couldn't it all sweaty all the time. It's so weird because I like never really, I mean, I never thought about Elvis. Kind of like how I'm, this is going to sound terrible to people. How I never really thought about the Beatles in that they were just like the soundtrack to life. Like my parents yeah. didn't necessarily listen to them so much, but they're just like around you all the time. It was just, you kind of absorbed it. But mm-hmm. I went to college in Memphis. And so when people would come to visit, we would always have to go to Graceland, which is kind of expensive. It's in a really weird, far out neighborhood. That's not good anymore at all, but there's this, you know, house there. And when you go in there, you start to get like, you're like, I get it now. Like he was so good looking and he was so good. <laughs> There's something about like being amongst it. You're like, oh, I see. Like he was just this really charismatic person who was very talented, um, problematic for sure. But for some reason, being in his house surrounded by his pictures and his guitars and, you know, the shag carpet room, you're like, I, I, the jungle room, you're like, I get it. I know why. Um, but yeah. But there's I, people that are like obsessed oh elvis fans uh okay so i um we would start um school back like in january at some point you know early to mid january for the second semester and i think either his birthday or when he died one of the two i can't remember is january 8th and so when we would come back there would be hordes of people in memphis like hordes of people that come there to celebrate his one of them i i know it's like um, January and August one was like his birthday and one was when he died and people just like would descend onto Memphis to celebrate those times which oh my is gosh. really weird yeah. um, I have a friend who's obsessed and she got married in Vegas and by an Elvis impersonator and the guy and he was like wearing the white jumpsuit and he was wearing a pink um, g-string Ooh. for no reason but you could see it through <laughs> the pants wow. and that's I don't know. Remember anything of that wedding except for that. <laughs> wow. um, his birthday was January eighth. Okay, thank you, thank you. Good job, Hillary. Yeah, that's a good poll. <laughs> Our girl knows birthdays. I, I know <laughs> if I know anything, I know birthdays. <laughs> God. Pathetic. Well, I like this pig, Christy. I'm going to have yeah. to go back and watch yeah. the '88 yes. version. Yeah. Just that's imagine fine. Zac Efron. Yes, in the role. It won't be hard. No. No. And it's kind of like a dumb role. I mean, it's kind of like a, you know, dumb dumb. I mean, he is a dumb dumb. Yeah, yeah, he's a dumb dumb. He's cute, just like dumb, a cute dumb dumb. dumb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And he's like, oh, I just love girls that dance. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Sometimes that's all you need is a cute dum-dum. Yeah. Oh, and, and also the girl that plays the mean girl. Mm-hmm. Um, sh- do you remember Vitamin C, the like graduation song that like, mm-hmm. she's the one she's Amber in this. And Debbie Harry is her mom and Sonny Bono is her dad. Yeah. So there's like a lot of like so random people. people that are in this. Actually, Debbie Harry looks great. She has this really cool hair like this sort of like wave hairdo but there's this part where she like pop, this is so gross i remember being so like not wanting to be a teenager because amber has a zit like a white head and she's like i have to pop yours like the mom pops her zit it's so john waters where it's like yes. you could hear the sound of like the like uh, yeah it's gross but no, thank you no yeah i kind of was always be like i don't like this part mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, well, we are running long, <laughs> as I kind of thought we would. But let's do our honorable mentions yes. really quickly. Yes. I want honorable mention to go to Jennifer Hudson in Dreamgirls. Yes. When she sings, yes. and I am telling oh. you that I am not yes. going, she does so not good. just burn the house yes. down. She, like, scatters the ashes yes. and walks away. Yes. That is one of the most incredible on-screen performances so I have ever one seen. Or the freaking I rewatched Oscar. it. Yeah, I, I rewatched it last night, and even like out of context of you know being yeah. in the movie, it it raises the hair on my arms. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's so, so good. good. That's it's, a great musical. It's really good. Um, yeah, no, it totally won her the Oscar, and it's she's pretty amazing. And that's what I wanted her to do. I mean, I don't love cats, even though I was an Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> I like don't like cats, but I was vaguely curious. I did not go see it, but I really wanted her to like nail that song and everybody was like I mean it was fine like she did a good job because she's oh, a good singer I heard she was great well it's like she's a good singer but it's not anything compared to and I'm telling you like you know cause, right. because because yeah, you can't compare of, those and in the context of this movie which is apparently nonsensical like mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. it was not meant to be a, a movie meant to be it. period like <laughs> <laughs> I saw it when I was little like my I don't think my parents went it was like my like it was just the five of us and I was little but my brother was 18 and we all went to go see cats and I remember being like I don't like because they you know they come out in the audience and like paw yeah. at you and I was like I don't it's like so this. weird it's the only show I've ever left at, at intermission <laughs> I was like no I know I paid a lot of money I'm yeah. done no. <laughs> I I have no memory of ever seeing cats but they did uh, an episode on it on the movie on the flop house uh-huh last week or the week before which was a two-hour episode of them just in a fever dream over how like <laughs> amazingly crazy cats was yeah. i mean they, it's a their pod it's a bad movie yes. podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. so they were like yeah. rapturous yeah. at cats but they started talking about like all the characters and the songs and i was like i know these yeah i must yeah, have just... seen it at some point i mean I it did just... it did tour like when we were all little kids and then i could see like people being like oh you know parents saying we should go to this movie i mean to this mm-hmm. to this musical because it's like kind of for kids I mean, it's not for kids but wasn't it the longest running yeah musical on broadway I th- I th- there's something because I think tourists be- <laughs> I, th- I think because of kids I, mean, I know that sounds weird but i feel like it's just a musical like that you yeah, I, I think that the parents are like, oh, wait, I can take them to this. Like, it's just mm-hmm. about cats and it, whatever. It doesn't really make any <laughs> sense. Um, anyway, I don't know. That's parenting. Yes, exactly. Right. Anyway, <laughs> more uh, honorable mentions. Hillary? Okay, I will go. Um, I love Bye Bye Birdie. Um, speaking of, like, Elvis and, you so know. So good. And 
his paramours. Um, but the, okay, Bye Bye Birdie, along with Sound of Music, had this thing in it that I always thought when I was a kid would like happen for me. It was this magical turn of not being 15 anymore, but yet being 16. And I thought being 16 meant I was magically pretty and all the boys would like me. And I would be like, have my shit together. Don't have like, I wouldn't have like acne anymore because in Bye Bye Birdie, when she's singing about turning 16 and like just how, you know, she's blossoming into this woman. I just really thought this is it. And then 16 (laughs) happened and I'll show you some pictures because it was, It was decidedly not it for me at sixteen, um, but I. Well, you blossomed, but maybe <laughs> a little too not quickly. Quite how you thought you would. Um, but I, I thought Anne Margaret was so. I just thought she was so beautiful, and you know, I, I just thought it was a really fun uh, musical. And when the, the teenager song, like "What's the Story," "Morning Glory," I thought it was like such mm-hmm. a. It's just a, such a fun song kind of how I feel about singing in the rain I it's sort of this satire a little bit like a very soft satire um and I thought it was really fun and her dad oh what is his name it's Templeton um Paul guys I'm having an Andrew Paul Lind. Paul Lind. I love Paul Lind so much and like it's hilarious that he always played these like stern dads but he's like this complete gay guy like that is what he was I mean I like he was just he would later on in his life he was just like on game shows which I always would watch on the game show network but he was just a really really fun character actor anyway it's a fun 60s romp um and I think they're remaking it they're always threatening to remake it but I don't know I don't know who they would do it with and I don't know who the central kind of Elvis like person would be who's that guy who's the red-haired guy that everyone likes oh Oh, Harry. Um, no, I no. mean, Harry Styles is cute. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> Prince Harry. Uh, no. Oh, yeah. Um, you know what I mean? I know. Um, you know, the one that sings with Taylor Swift. All that. My kids yeah. like him. Um, like, oh, I like the um, way your body moves or whatever. The shape of your body. Um, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> the shape of you. Oh, my God. I'm so annoyed by it? myself. Ed Sheeran. Ed, Ed Sheeran. Sheeran. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just Googled red haired singer. <laughs> Or uh, actually, Harry Styles. I could. I mean, I could see that. Harry Styles is real cute. He's really <laughs> cute. I could yeah. kind of get in. How old it. is he? I mean, old enough. Yeah, he's not like super young. Yeah. <laughs> Don't feel ashamed. Uh, well, um, my brother Carl did play Conrad <gasps> really in his middle school oh production oh of Bye Bye Bernie. Oh. So, do you have pictures of this? I don't think so. Bye, I think I was bye. in college by then. The the most like arresting, and I don't know if this is just a sign of the times, but the most arresting part of the movie to me when I first saw it is just the beginning of it. It's just Anne Margaret singing kind of like straight to the camera really earnestly. And it's sort of, I don't know, it's just not how movies start anymore at all. So I don't know. I, I, always, I, I always thought it was kind of weird, but I really enjoyed it. Um. And Dick Van Dyke is great. I mean, he and he does not really like sing as much in this. So that's probably mm-hmm. a good thing. All right, Christy. Okay, uh, my honorable mention is Annie. My sister yes. and I used to act it out. Of course, it's so good. Yeah. I love all the music from it. Um, I've tried to get Elliot to watch it because it's another curly-haired girl, but she won't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So good, and the eighty, the eight nineteen eighty two version, right? The real version, yeah, oh yeah, not the, the real one with version. Kathy Bates, yeah. the one with Carol Burnett, yes, yes, yes. Hannigan. I, 
I, I mean, Amazing. God bless, but I, you know, I, I love Cameron Diaz and in her shoes, but she is not Miss Hannigan like that. No, I, I do not, yeah. no, no. That was her last role. She hasn't done anything since then. Well, she had to <laughs> hide a baby. I did. She had to hide a baby. Um, I, I told Elliot like I've tried to talk it up, and she goes, "This feels really creepy." <laughs> and if you kind of think about it, like a rich guy wants a kid yeah. for just like a couple days for yeah. a photo just shoot, for his like image. And yeah, his last don't... name is Warbucks, which is like a whole other like weird. Yeah, thing. <laughs> you know it's it's so funny because it's like you would watch these sort of kids movies, and they were like low key having these amazing Broadway stars and then that you're like I mm-hmm. didn't know that that like I didn't know Bernadette Peters was you know anything more than yeah what I would see or like oh, she was so great and Ryan so King great. like I I thought she was so glamorous like I thought she was the mm-hmm. most beautiful person I didn't know mm-hmm. she was like Bob Fosse's muse and I just thought she was like the secretary and Annie you know it's just like all <laughs> and this was one of the first times well, okay also Edward Herman playing FDR because that's like the mm-hmm. role that he was meant to play and um I have I've always thought Tim Curry, like, I had, like, an um, attraction repulsion to him. Like, he creeped me out so much, but also, like, I was, because he's sort of, like, enchanting a little bit, but also, like, scary. Like, you're right. like, he's going to murder me. That's the mustache. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it was kind of dumb that Miss Hannigan did not recognize her own brother until he <laughs> peeled off his tiny mustache. Right. And went, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Clark Kent thing. Right. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Rooster. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. she was drunk, so to yes, be fair. That's true. <laughs> well, I, I believe I've said it before on this podcast, but if I ever get to do any more musical theater, my ambition is to one day play Miss Hannigan. <laughs> oh, that would be and amazing. You can do it. So I know you can. <laughs> oh, my God. I want this to happen. I'm going to manifest it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's all. I would that's fly out to see that happen. Secret. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I loved that movie so much because it came out in 1982. Yeah. I was five years old. Mm-hmm. My name was Annie. Perfect My timing. parents were going to take me to see it. I have a very specific memory of being in my bedroom and thinking, I have to find a red dress. She wears a red dress. I need to have a red dress to wear to this movie. And I didn't have anything. I mean, I think I found something that was kind of pinkish. <laughs> like this but too. I just felt like this just, this isn't right. Um, um, I got a perm. To look like her. <laughs> oh my gosh. I need to find a picture because it was so bad, but I thought I looked so cool. Of course. I look just like her. My um, niece, this was, uh, they did a ballet version. She's, I talked about her before. She's a really good dancer and she's a member of her, the like ballet troupe in her town and they do a Christmas thing and they did it for to Annie and she played Annie. Now there was no singing in it that she had to do because she was just concentrating on the dancing part and it was basically like a ballet but I was like oh my niece is Annie. Then she had to wear like a red wig and she wore a little <laughs> red dress. It was very exciting. Ugh, I'm jealous. Yeah, she should have just got a perm. <laughs> <laughs> she actually has curly hair. She just doesn't have red hair. Right. It's kind of necessary for that role. Yes, it is. You know what always creeped me out also? Sorry, this is really long, but the Annie, like, cartoon, the eyes in the, the Annie cartoon. eyes. I don't like mm-hmm. it. The white eyes. Ugh, no, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Would it killed you to put a, some pupils <laughs> I know, can I get there? a pupil in there? Yeah, what was happening? <laughs> <laughs> That's a show title. Can I get a pupil in there? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, ladies, <laughs> this is going to be a two-hour show. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Worth we really it. like Listen, musicals. <laughs> Meredith was supposed to be on the I know, show, can too, you imagine? So think about how much longer it would have been yeah. if there were four of us. But uh, this is the time in the show when we uh, ask you to tell us your favorite musicals. Please. We'll put the question up on the Facebook group. Please, let her rip. Remind us of everything that we have completely forgotten that we should have talked about. <laughs> For nine hours. Right. <laughs> Chrissy, do you want to do some housekeeping? Sure. Buy some stuff from us. We have new merch at thisshowhaseverything.com. Click on the shop button and also rate and review us. Yes, please. Please. And if you would like to get involved with the show, the website is thisshowhaseverything.com. You can send us commentary at throwyourphone.com. Join that Facebook group. Yes. Please. Come on. Please. The show Twitter is at Tishi Show. You can email us at Tishi at 10710.com. Send us a voice memo. Just record it on your phone and send it in the email. Or you can fax Bobby and then all of us your butt <laughs> at 617-354-8513. Um, this was super fun. This was great. I'm... I'm really happy that we did this. Uh, I hope uh, people aren't too bored and that you've enjoyed our enthusiasm uh, and our talk as much as we have. So I guess for Hillary and Christy, I will say thank you very much for joining us. And that was everything about musicals. <laughs> and finally, I would like to say so long, farewell, how Peter's ain't adieu. Adieu, adieu to you and you and you. Bye. 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 <laughs> we like can't help ourselves, Christy. We're like, we're like, <laughs> I know. One of us is a singer. <laughs> I bet you can't guess which one it is. <laughs> And I am telling you I'm not going You're the best man I'll ever know There's no way I can ever go No, no, there's no way No, 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 no way I'm living without you I'm not
Ladies and gentlemen, the showroom at Caesars Palace is proud to present Dina Jones and the Dreams. 